This episode of Musically Cogitating, a podcast about the relevance and importance of living music and contemporary music of all kinds, and about how that music impacts our everyday lives. I am your host, Siad Wells. Thank you for joining me today, as always, and with any episode of Musically Cogitating. Any important and relevant links will be in the show notes. If you are enjoying this show, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you don't mind, I'd love it if you'd also share it with a friend. So today's topic is one that I've been thinking about for several months. And today we're going to talk about Black History Month. We are going to talk about what to do about Black History Month If you are an artist or if you're just someone who's curious about how you can and should be celebrating and acknowledging Black History Month. I am recording this in January of 2021 and it'll be out shortly thereafter. And after January comes February, which here in the U.S. is Black History Month. We are still experiencing, in my opinion, deep social um, injustice, what's new for this country. And I've become increasingly concerned about how and what predominantly white organizations, specifically arts, music organizations, are going to do about this. I think a lot of organizations really fumbled the the ball about Black History Month from June, May of 2020. And a lot of them still aren't living up to the commitments that they set out for themselves. They are not being held accountable by their communities, by us. We're not doing a great job and they are not doing a great job of holding themselves accountable. And it's all a challenge. It's all something that we have to continue to work towards and it's not perfect it never will be um, but I think we can of course just be doing better and challenging ourselves to do better and I'm also wondering what types of gatherings and celebrations I would be seeing considering that large-scale social gatherings aren't going to be happening this year you know we'd have parades and we'd have speeches and there would be concerts and all of these things and you can still have them over zoom but they won't be in the same way that they have been in the past so I wanted to know you know what what's going to be happening and I also I often get questions from individuals who are white or who are not black um, but maybe still identify as a person of color about how they can and should acknowledge Black History Month. And I don't think there is any one answer. The things that I'm going to talk about 
are simply my opinions, my thoughts, some things that I've seen organizations do that I don't think is appropriate or right. And we need to be more vocal about this. I think we, like I said, can be holding organizations accountable for what kinds of celebrations and acknowledgements that they will do because they are for better or worse (laughs) cultural institutions and if they are I don't I don't like to say that these institutions are tastemakers or that they are the keepers of culture so to speak but I think that they can have some influence on our culture and I think that if they are continuing to ignore and not to acknowledge Black History Month, uh, Women's History Month, Black Music Month, um, Pride Month, the month that celebrates Native and Indigenous folks, I think that they are doing, you know, culture a disservice. Before I get into the list of things, so to speak, I wanted to do just a really, really brief overview or history of Black History Month because I am sure that I learned this in my mom's second grade class, but beyond that, I don't ever remember having discussed this in school, which is probably not a surprise to anyone. So here's a brief, very brief lesson on Black History Month. You know, my aunt, she always says that you you have to know your history and I believe that. <laughs> and so now I'm I'm learning this history alongside you. So Dr. Carter G. Woodson created Negro History Week in 1926. There were two goals that he wanted to carry out in starting this. The first goal was to use history to prove to white America that blacks or Negroes at the time had played important roles in the creation of America and thereby deserved to be treated equally as citizens. And his second goal was to increase the visibility of black life in history at a time when few newspapers, books, universities took notice of the black community except to dwell upon the negative. And artists such as Aaron Douglas, Richard Barth and Lois Jones created images that celebrated blackness and provided more positive images of the African American experience. So Negro History Week became Black History Week in the early 70s. And then in 1976, the week-long observance was expanded to a month in honor of America's bicentennial. I also read that it was in February because that was, I believe, either the month that Frederick Douglass was born or it could have also been the month that he died. But it, I read that somewhere. So I will have that fact checked in, in the show notes. That brings us to Black History Month now. I've been thinking a lot about do we still need Black History Month? And 
in my opinion, yes, <laughs> we still do. I think we still need to, as a country, acknowledge the achievements that come from black people. I think that we need to acknowledge the foundation upon which this country was built, which is, of course, on the backs of black people. And Black History Month is an opportunity to do that, even though it's the shortest month of the year, so it's short-sighted. But, you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. Though times have changed, maybe the original idea behind Black History Month is not necessarily what we might still be trying to achieve today, but I think it is still necessary. And as I said, Black people still deserve to be celebrated and to be acknowledged. And I can't speak for everyone, but I think that a lot of people would agree that it's still a necessary part of of our culture and something that we need to celebrate. Of course, there are others who are uninterested in acknowledging Black History Month, and that's okay. And there's some people who are in the middle who acknowledge it, but they might not celebrate it in any particular way, and that's okay too. There are differences of opinion about this, and I think that that's beautiful. My Black experience is not the Black experience of everyone else's. It is one Black experience, and that's okay. I'm not an authority necessarily on Black History Month per se, but I am an authority in what I believe. (laughs) And so, of course, that's what this podcast is when I'm doing these kind of solo episodes. So let's get into some specifics about art. In any of the following items, I think you can interchange artists with arts org, musician, decision maker, cultural worker, you know, someone who is involved in music. And I mean, of course, I'm using music broadly here. I'm not specifically talking about classical and contemporary music, although that is often my context. So some of this will will be from that kind of viewpoint, but you can interchange that. I think arts orgs historically have done a bad job at celebrating or engaging with these types of celebrations. Most of these celebrations come off tone deaf. They don't actually do anything to support their local communities financially. And they don't promote equity and or justice, which is supposed to often be the point of even having those types of celebrations. Here is a quick list of the things that I've seen artists, arts, orgs, musicians typically do during Black History Month. And these are in no, these are no particular order. It's very typical for an organization to program Florence Price or Samuel Coleridge Taylor only. Only on the only in Black History Month, only in February. This 
program or these concerts are not often included in their subscription series. They're kind of relegated to the quote unquote special series. So it's it's not something that comes included. That's a part of the packages. It's something a little it's a little extra. It's special. These organizations will often bring in guest conductors who are often black or artists who are often black, but they will only bring this in them in for again these special concerts. So they don't invite these artists or these conductors to be part of their seasons in any other way except for during Black History Month. Arts orgs do not ask for the input of black people about what to do for this. I think, uh, and this is one that I know a lot of people have have seen is the uh, organizations will suddenly put black people in their marketing and promotional materials. So there will not have been a drop of melanin in any of the concert materials until February hits, boom, and suddenly we go on a tour and all you see is little black kids smiling and holding violins, if that, or you suddenly see a black conductor in the program or black families sitting out in this concert hall where they're actually not typically welcomed, but these program materials make you think so. A lot of these organizations employ no black people or on staff regularly. They will do this thing where they hold a program in a black church, but they never engage with that church or that community in any of the other 11 months of the year. Organizations often fail to acknowledge their role in upholding white supremacy and classical music, which is a big one. For the guitarists out there who are listening to this, if you're in the guitar world and you come to Black History Month, you do nothing. I've never been to a guitar related anything during Black History Month that was centered around or celebrating Black History Month. So they would do nothing. This is bad. And the majority of these actions don't contribute to any kind of meaningful social change. I think they are performative at best. They are not creative and mainly waste people's times. And I know that there is something to there. There is a lot to be said about an organization who is taking steps to do a thing, but you have to be taking steps all 12 months of the year. You can't only take steps in February. That's what I see a lot of. I'm not saying not to program black musicians, conductors, composers during Black History Month. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that shouldn't be the only time that you do that. Now, this is a list of things that I think you can do and that you should do during Black History Month and during the other 11 months of the year. 
you can elevate black conductors to the podium consistently, especially, especially black women conductors. They are out there. They are just as good, if not better than any of these other people. And so you can elevate them to the podium all the time. You can include any of these concerts in your subscription series. You can consult black people all the time about programming of black artists in black music. If that is in their wheelhouse, if that's something that they do and that they express interest in, don't hire a black person and then assume that they are or want to be asked about anything related to this if they express interests then yeah of course engage someone who expects interests but don't hire someone expecting them to be your black consultant or identity consultant because that's just not how that works of course you can hire black people black staff all the time if you change the location of your concert which i think that organizations should although i know they have these beautiful halls and they want us to all come and be in our beautiful gowns and and all of that you should do concerts in other parts of your community because accessibility think about it uh but you should pay for the space you pay extra for the space and you make a continued commitment to that community and wherever that is organizations can call out white supremacy for what it is for guitarists do something <laughs> again my con i'm a guitarist my context is always guitar and so i just want to see guitarists doing something now you doing something doesn't mean doing something poorly it means do something that's good another conversation for a different day though and for guitar societies i also think that you should do something something good something meaningful something impactful something that lets people in your community know that you are in fact a person who is aware of what is happening in the world like that is important i think if you're an individual artist's there are lots of things that you can be doing mainly of course not mainly but one of the in my opinion easiest things for you to be doing is to be programming black artists black composers on your programs but you should be doing that all of the time don't do it just because you are doing a concert in february don't find a piece by a black composer and then only play it during february like that's not cool that's not the point that's not meaningful it's performative it's a waste of time and doesn't really lead to change if you are really willing to put some skin in the game as regular co-host jess likes to say i think that you can maybe acknowledge and uplift your black colleagues if an organization comes to you and says hey we want you to do a black history month concert and 
you are not black, don't identify as black or anything like that, maybe consider uplifting a, a black musician who, if you know that they are interested, you can suggest for them to be on that series. That is something that I don't think, I mean, I think people are getting better at recommending people for opportunities that they know are not theirs to take. But I think scarcity is, is real. And so we don't want to turn down opportunities for that reason, but it is a very valid and important reason. I think continuing to have collaborations to just in general uphold black voices is something that artists, individual artists can be doing all of the time. Again, my context is as an individual artist, yes, but also as someone who runs an arts organization, who works at an arts organization, who sees a lot of arts organizations not doing the things that they said they were doing and so that's just a little bit about how this kind of came to be again none of this is perfect or none of these are perfect solutions rather there will be people who disagree with me on every single thing that I just said and that is totally okay I think you can apply again a lot of these points all year round programming is important and you should be programming music by non-white composers all of the time all the time I like to say that programming is step negative 90 in dismantling white supremacy and leading to radical change there's more that we have to do uh, but it, it can can start at programming but it needs to go further so that is really all that i had to say about black history month what you can do if you work in an arts org what you can do if you are an individual artist and thank you to all of you who sent me messages about what you wanted to hear from this episode I am going to do a little bit of announcing of future future episode topics so that you can submit questions and make sure that they are answered and acknowledged because this is as much your podcast as it is mine. And so I want to be as helpful and provide as much value, entertainment or information wise as I possibly can. Since this show is about music, I wanted to recommend something for you and this week continuing in my jazz (laughs) recommendations I'm going to recommend Happening Live at the Village Vanguard by Gerald Clayton. 
So that entire album will be in the Musically Cogitating Spotify playlist, which is always linked below. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media and at musicallycogitating.com. We have a newsletter, which you can subscribe to, where you will receive some additional and bonus content about the show. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give the show a like rating review as it helps me to make this show better. You can also support the show by buying me a coffee or using the support the show link in the show notes. That's all that I have about Black History Month for you today. The first episode in Black History Month from this podcast will be part two of our book club series where we do a deep dive into the revolution will not be funded beyond the nonprofit industrial complex. So expect that in February. I will, of course, be back in two weeks with that episode. And until then, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Until next time. Mm-hmm.